Grace and mercy and peace belong to you. From God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God before us this morning is one verse from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, where the Lord Jesus says this, If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Earlier this month, there was a breathtaking discovery beneath the ice of Antarctica. Using special cameras and special equipment and a, and a special ship, there was discovered 10,000 feet below the ice at the bottom of the ocean a wooden ship sitting upright, pristine condition. It, 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 there's footage of it now. It looks as though it, 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 it landed there yesterday. And on the stern of this magnificent wooden ship is the name, as clear as day, the name Endurance. Endurance. Now this find is not only extraordinary because it's in such pristine conditions because of the, the, the cold, cold waters of the Antarctic seas, but because that ship has a link to one of the greatest survival stories ever told. 1914, over 100 years ago, 1914, a man by the name of Ernest Shackleton led 27 men on this ship, the Endurance. They left England in August of 1914, the same month that World War I started, and they made their way down to Antarctica. It was their intention to be the first group of men to walk across the entire continent of Antarctica. That was their intent. But something else happened. As they got down close to Antarctica, they discovered to their alarm that the ice buildup was unseasonably early for that time of year. And they were not able to get far enough and the ice began to close in around the ship and they were trapped. And so there they were. Days turned into weeks, turned into months. They could not move. And then the ice began to push in against the wooden hull. It began to put cracks in the hull. Water began to pour in. Shackleton and all the men had to empty the endurance of all of its supplies or as much as they could carry and, and get away from the ship. And they stood there and watched as the ship sank down through a hole in the ice. And there they were. Now they had to figure out not how to get across Antarctica. Now they had to figure out how to survive. 
And so they dragged lifeboats behind them north on the ice until they reached open water. And then they got into those lifeboats and they crossed, which is a matter of record, the worst seas in the world because of the storms and the winds that are constantly raging. Somehow, somehow, they made it to a small island called Elephant Island. But there's no civilization on Elephant Island, and there's not any food on Elephant Island. And so leaving most of the crew there, Shackleton and a few of his men got into one lifeboat, and they made a desperate attempt to go north and to find a tiny, tiny pinprick of an island called South Georgia. And by some of the greatest navigation ever attempted in an open boat, and by a sheer miracle, they found it. And when they got there, they got to the whaling station which was there, and as soon as they got there, Shackleton made arrangements for a ship to come back to Elephant Island to rescue the rest of his men. This ordeal took months upon months upon months, and through it all, not one man was lost. Not one. How did he do it? How did Ernest Shackleton accomplish such a feat where he did not even lose one man? Historians have studied this over the years. Many, many studies have been made on this extraordinary survival story of how did Shackleton did it. And many will say it comes down to one word, one. Encouragement. Encouragement. Ernest Shackleton was a master at finding ways to encourage his men. He did that habitually. Even as he was gathering his team together before they even left England, he would interview all the people who were interested in joining his expedition. Not only would he ask them about their skills, not only would he ask them about their, their physical stamina, he would also ask them, you like to sing? You like to sing? Because Shackleton knew that singing was one of the ways by which he could encourage his men and keep their spirits up. Shackleton would habitually see to it that while they were far away from civilization, they would celebrate holidays, they would celebrate every man's birthday, and they would also celebrate every day the smallest of accomplishments that individuals had made on his crew. In other words, Shackleton took the time to make clear that he valued each man and he valued whatever each man was able to do. When you thought of Ernest Shackleton, you had to think of the embodiment of encouragement. Which brings us to three words before us this morning. Rewards of grace. Rewards of grace. Rewards of grace are what a, a, a lavish Lord chooses to give to you and me. 
Now, what does that mean exactly? We know the common definition for reward. It's something that you receive after you've done something well enough to make yourself worthy of it. You've done something to merit some kind of reward. That's our common understanding of what a reward is. But here in Scripture, when it's coupled with the word grace, all of a sudden we're talking about something entirely different because the biblical understanding of the word grace means God's love for you and me, a love that you and I do not deserve, do not deserve, do not deserve. And because that's what grace means, we know that that word changes the entire tone and meaning of the word reward. And so with that in mind, one could define a reward of grace from God as something like this. It is a loving acknowledgement from God to you and me that we receive even though we do not deserve it. It is a loving acknowledgement from our God to you and me, even though you and I do not deserve it. And why does he do it? Why does he give us rewards of grace? To encourage. To encourage as you and I strive to live our Christian lives in a fallen, broken world. He gives us rewards of grace to comfort us in times of discouragement or grief or sadness. He gives us rewards of grace to make it clear that he values us. He gives us rewards of grace to make it clear that he sees us. He gives you and me rewards of grace to make it clear that he does not forget us. And God gives us rewards of grace to make it clear that he, in his grace, blesses our fruits of faith because in Jesus Christ, he loves us. Which brings us to the word of God before us from Matthew chapter 10. The Lord Jesus says this, If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Now keep in mind that a cup of cold water in those days before automatic ice machines and refrigeration and all those things, a cup of cold water was a little bit of a treat, a very refreshing treat. Nevertheless, Please understand, the point Jesus is making is that it's still a small gesture. It's a small gesture. Give someone a cup of cold, refreshing water, but when you are giving that as a fruit of faith, you are giving that as an expression of thankfulness to your Lord by showing love to someone else, that, even that, God sees and he embraces, and he celebrates, and he cherishes, and he acknowledges. And he will not forget. 
One day on the, on the journey, as Shackleton as his, and his men were in these open lifeboats trying to go from Antarctica, trying to find this little elephant island, and the conditions were awful. The, 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 the wind was howling and the waves were splashing up with cold, freezing salt water. It was absolute misery. Shackleton noticed that a member of his crew, the photographer for the trip, which was an important position, he had to document everything that happened. He noticed that the man's gloves were gone. He didn't have any gloves. Immediately, Shackleton took off his gloves, gave them to the man. But the man refused. I can't take your gloves, sir. But with that, Shackleton said, if you do not take my gloves, I'm going to throw them into the water right now. And so the man finally relented, and he accepted Shackleton's gloves to keep his hands warm. And as a result, Shackleton's own fingers became frostbitten. It was deeds like that that Shackleton did, not only in that one episode, but throughout the entire expedition that moved one of his men to enter in his diary the following as he was reflecting on the extraordinary sacrificial spirit that Shackleton was able to demonstrate for all of his men looking out for their needs before his own. He wrote in his diary, what sacrifices I would not make for such a leader as this. What sacrifices I would not make for such a leader as this. Brothers and sisters, there is our leader. The Lord Jesus not only gave up some article of clothing for someone else's comfort, he gave it all. God the Son became one of us and walked among us and lived among us here in this broken world, broken by our own sin. And the life of perfect selflessness that we were supposed to live but have failed to live, Jesus came to live that perfect life on our behalf. And then when it came to all of our failures in which you and I have let each other down, we have let our Lord down by constantly in our sinful selfishness looking to our own needs first, he took all those, those sinful failures upon himself and he carried them to the cross. And through his suffering and death, he paid for them in full. And then he rose to send you and me his Holy Spirit to create that bond between us and him so that now we belong to him. We are his. It's like Anna. Now we're family. That's our leader. How to respond to such a leader? As God's word says, let us give ourselves as living sacrifices with all that we are and all that the Lord has given us to possess. And as we do, 
Our lavish Lord promises rewards of grace. And he will do this to encourage us to live for him. He will do that to make it clear that he values us and he values what we do to praise his name. And he does this to make it clear that he will not forget because he sees us and he sees what we do for him. That's the kind of Lord you and I have. All you and I can say is to echo King David, how can I thank the Lord for all his goodness to me? Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.